0: good evening and welcome to another episode of the evening almanac with comedian jamie jackson how are you doing it is the evening you could probably tell by the timber and tone pace and syntax and grammar of my voice (laughs) Uh, i don't even know what timber is it's like when people talk about talk on a car has it got good talk? what are you on about mate i don't know what what's what's talk i have no idea is it something to do with power or grip Like has it got good talk? I don't know what's what's the tires like. I don't know anything about fucking cars because I don't need to know about cars. There's definitely something about like a man, I think, needs to know these things. I just think you need to be practical, but I can't be bothered. That's my problem. I'm very good at ironing though, so there. That's practical. Very good at ironing cos i've always had a thing about not wanting creased clothes like i'd go out sometimes when i was younger and my mates would just wear like completely creased shirts and i'm like you look like shit like you slept in a bin or they or they get them out of the packet and then they don't iron out the square of the it's like what the fuck i was i was a fastidious ironer that's what i was so I know how to iron, and I think I, I think learning to iron is practical. It's part of how to fucking look after yourself. Listen, there's nothing girly about ironing, right? Tailors do it, soldiers do it. So, is it to to t- tailor, soldier, sailors, sailors probably do it. Do do? Is there anything girly about ironing? No, it's just how a man presents himself, isn't it? Though I iron very occasionally now, I used to iron every night. That was the, that was the big thing, of of the routine is ironing a shirt f- for the morning. But now, oh, actually, okay. it's late now. I don't iron a shirt because um, I work from home. I tell you something. I thank my lucky stars for my job, because my boss is nice, and I, which makes a massive difference. And I work from home. And I tell you something. Let's all give a moment of thought for the people who are having to go back into the office. And don't tell me they want to. Well, I like working in an office, say all the same people who also claim to love their jobs. It's ridiculous. Like, in the concentration camps of uh, Nazi Germany, there were, I think they were called the Kapo. K-A-P-O. I think that's what they were called but I could be getting this name wrong. And it was basically, there were a group of um, inmates or captives or POWs or whatever whatever kind of category they were, who the Nazis would kind of, they would be like the prefects. They would make them police the other inmates. And for their duty, they got, you know, nicer cells or nicer Housing or nicer huts or whatever, probably better meals. They probably didn't have to just carry shit around for no reason like they did to other people to break their wills. And it's like, I sometimes feel like, obviously that type of person existed. And some of them, they probably did it because they had to. And some of them probably did it because they... They, they liked it. There's an element of people who become prefects at school and they don't want to become prefects. But they get chosen to be and some people like it and some people don't. I remember, I have got a... a, a I'm jumping around here. I realise I've gone straight from Nazi Germany to school. Um, mm, but there are many similarities. Um, it's just to do with conformity, isn't it? Some people love it. And that's why some people talk about how they love working in an office and just, you know, doing all that office shit. They... They love the hierarchy and being in charge of people and wandering around with a status. It's like all these fucking middle managers, basically, of which I probably am one, but hey, I'm fully remote and long may it last. But I remember one time sitting in the common room of uh, the sixth form in my school and the prefects had their own common room. They had their own room kind of within, within the room. And I went in there And I was hanging around, and one of the prefects... And I've been in there quite a bit, and one of them asked me to leave. He was like, oh, you're not a prefect, can you leave, please? And I was like, uh... All right. I was like talking to my mate, and it took me back... You know, so much that I was like... Okay? Like, are you joking? But it's like... Oh, you've got your little room within your room, and your stripy fucking tie, and now you're like Mr Big Bollocks. Fucking ridiculous. It was a state comprehensive, by the way, I'm talking about. You would think that people... And most prefects, obviously, were pretty cool. They didn't really give a shit, but there were some who were like... And it was a funny mix. Dickheads, basically, is what I was going to say, because some prefects were like the rugby kids... Because they played rugby, so they got rewarded for representing the school at rugby. And some of them were like just ordinary people who who were okay, and some of them were uh, like hardcore geeks who would academically done well. Of course, I didn't become a prefect. I've, uh, <laughs> of course, not. I was thinking about this right. There's lots. My, I have a litany of failure. I never became a prefect at school. Never got chosen. I got kept back a year. Others were going to kick me out. So I decided to redo redo a year at school. Um, when I was <laughs> working, right, I worked at Queen Mary University and out of 4,000 staff, I, by the way, had to do the bonus report. So I know this to be a fact. I was the only person in the entire university to ever be rejected for four bonuses in a row. And I was the only person... To ever get rejected, I think there's only I think there was one other case actually. So I was, I was one of two people to get rejected, even when my management manager put put something in for me to say, yeah, I want him to get a bonus. Uh, uh, unbelievable, and my secondary school. I was I was literally about to cut this podcast off and start again, but we will plow on, because my secondary school, the secondary school I wanted to get into was quite difficult to get into, but my sister. Was in there again, just a state comp, but you know they could. You had an interview process, and uh, if your siblings there, you, it's an absolute shoo-in. You get in, and lo and behold, I didn't get in. It was like it, like some by some kind of freak fucking standard, I did not get in. I was the only person in my primary school not to get into the choir or the football team. I, I distinctly remember, <laughs> distinctly remember that. Just like. Just an absolute litany of failure. Like, I was in bands for years and, 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 and never got signed or anything. Nothing at all. Not even a hint. Like, I've been working out for years and I'm still skinny. It's just funny. It's funny. I've been doing comedy for fucking three, four years. And tomorrow night, I'm going to an open Mike Bringer slot. And I know there's only going to be, like, eight people there or something. I... To, maybe it's just an maybe it's something in my mind, but it just feels like success is not for me. It's not for me. Like like I I really want it to be, but do I? Is, deep down am I just like nah? I'm I'm a failure. I definitely think I've got that working class mentality of other people are successful, not me, and I need to know my place. I definitely have that, uh, and that comes from my dad who had the same mentality, maybe maybe, maybe a lot worse, actually. And I think the only reason why I went to uni... You know, I was the first person in my family to go to university, and the reason why I went to university was, <laughs> was because um, it it never seemed out of reach for me. It, it wasn't like, oh, I, I this is special or anything. I thought it was very ordinary to go to university. So I think that's why I went. I, if university, in my head, I thought was special, I probably wouldn't have done it. Maybe... <laughs> fucking hell, maybe this is the crux this is like therapy because maybe the crux of this entire podcast is me working through this problem i mean look i've been doing this podcast now and for nearly 200 episodes and has it got any traction at all i can see the stats i can see the stats and and the answer there is no shit i've had a this is a i've had an epiphany i've had an epiphany I And I do think this goes to show that you do, for want of a better word, and I hate this phrase because it makes it sound magical, but manifest your life to an extent. Obviously, tragedies happen and sometimes there's strokes of luck, but in general, like, the long and the short of it is, you kind of get what you believe you're going to get. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? Fucking hell. I'm having a freak out here. You've got this. Is an epiphany caught on tape? Tape, <laughs> like a fucking old person. Anyway, loads of failure. Um, I wonder what it means. That's ten minutes. It's double what I normally do, but it comes with an epiphany. Remember, you get in life probably what you think you are going to get, probably what you think you probably what you think you deserve. You are going to get one way or the other. So, up your thinking. That's what I am going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Let's all do that together. Have a great week, guys. See you later.